Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com, where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I'll get to that later. I'll get to that later on the A Foreign Affair podcast, episode 163. Surprising um, that it's just myself, Edward Green, here with you guys this week. Um, unfortunately, our good friend of the show, Wes Bradshaw, not just he's not our good friend of the show. He's McCollum Crime. That's what he is. He's not getting demoted just because life just threw a curveball at him this week. So unfortunately, uh, yes, McCollum Crime, Wes Bradshaw will not be joining me on this edition of the Foreign Affair Podcast, but I will be soldiering on and giving you guys updates on what is happening in the world of soccer. Uh, of course, Wes will be back next week. Um, on Hopefully, he will not be here live, but he will be like we did last time uh, where he taped his So Raw segment, um, which will be great. I uh, actually just texted him about a few minutes ago about the, uh, the Women's Money in the Bank pay-per-view match from earlier this week and uh let's just say he has thoughts about that so that's going to be very very interesting to hear um so that'll be exciting that'll be next week and then he'll be back live uh for our first show in july but as of right now uh we are going to soldier on uh we are going to do uh of course confederations cup talk uh, a little bit recap what's been happening in these groups uh, everybody in Group A has played two matches. Everybody in Group B, as of right now, has played just one. So we'll get through the results there. Um, I might still do a little bit of talk about 15 through 11. Uh, we may revisit it uh, when Wes is next back live. But uh, I will still give some th- thoughts about those uh, five Premier League teams as we give our final season grades. We'll also do... Um, We'll also do some other stuff as well. Um, We'll definitely be doing uh, news and notes as well as watch for and so raw, which will not be done this week. Instead, it will be a little bit of lol what? Stone Cold Steve Austin style as we uh, discuss a little bit about what's happening in the NALCS and League of Legends. But before we get there, we of course have to remind you guys that this podcast, as always, is presented to you by NGSE Sports and NGSEsports.com. We never stop. As well as I'm Next USA. Do you want to be the next um, 
I usually have something for this, and I, I don't. I, it's usually on the tip of my tongue. Oh, do you want to be the next Democrat to lose a special election race? You too can be on your way to superstardom or not uh, by joining iNextUSA. They are great people over there. They will get you on the road to being a pop star or a star athlete. Just upload your profile to them and they will help you reach megaverse limiters. So until then, um, we will be continuing on. Um, So first, let's start with Confederations Cup Talk. Excuse me, just one second. Got to drink a little bit here. Mm. Oh, that's good. So to Russia we go, where the Confederations Cup is happening. Started uh, since we last potted. Uh, Group A, as I mentioned earlier, has already played two matches out of the three in the group stage. And the results were this. It started on uh, June 17th when host Russia beat New Zealand 2-0, an unfortunate own goal by Michael Boxall, and then a goal by Fyodor Smolov, sealed the deal for Russia with a 2-0 win over the Kiwis. The next day, in the same group, it was Portugal 2, Mexico 2, in a great matchup of the last year's Euro winners with El Tri, who have been on a roll this qualifying uh, for 2018 Russia. Uh, Ricardo Quaresma and Cedric Soares, the goals for Portugal. Chicharito Javier Hernandez um, had the initial equalizer for Mexico to make it 1-1. And then Hector Moreno at the death in the 91st minute saved a point for El Tri as they drew Portugal. Uh, Then this week, uh, Russia lost 1-0 to Portugal with a Ronaldo goal in the eighth minute of that match. That was the only scoring there. And Mexico just today uh, beat New Zealand 2-1, coming back from down 1-0 at the half thanks to Chris Wood. Uh, But Raul Jimenez and Orebe Peralta scored two goals in the second half for Mexico to get the 2-1 win over New Zealand. That loss knocks New Zealand out. Um, They will still have one match against Portugal. Portugal, which does still very much matter. Um, Mexico will also play host Russia on the last day. Um, So this is where Group A stands right now. Mexico currently on top due to, um, I believe it's going to be the, uh, yes, the third tiebreaker, which is goals scored. Uh, Right now, Mexico and Portugal both have four points. Both have a plus one goal differential, but Mexico has actually scored one more goal. So if Mexico and Portugal both get the same results um, on their last match day, which is the 24th, which is, if I recall correctly, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, Mexico, as long as they score... Um, as many goals or more than Portugal, Mexico will top the group. Um, for Portugal to top the group, they will need to beat Mexico's result or both of them win and Portugal score two more goals than Mexico does. Because uh, if it doesn't do that, then I don't even know what happens after that tiebreaker. Um, Russia is currently in third place, but they are at three points, so they're just one back, which means if they beat Mexico on their final match, they will advance. Um, A draw with Mexico only gets them through if Portugal loses to New New Zealand. If New Zealand beats Portugal, Russia then only needs a draw because they will have a – they will have to have – a better goal differential than Portugal at that point because uh, Russia also actually has a plus one goal differential, same as Mexico and Portugal. Um, 
So again, Russia needs to better Portugal's result um, to go through. Um, so that means they will either have to beat Mexico or, or draw Mexico and hope Portugal loses. Uh, Mexico and Portugal, they win. They're into the, the knockout stage. Um, Mexico, same thing. If, if they lose to Russia, they could be knocked out. Um, they, they would have to lose though, to be knocked out. A draw would still see them through. Um, it might not be as group winners, but it would still see them through. Um, Portugal, same. If they win, they're into the next round, no matter what. So Russia got a, got a, got a, they, 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 it's not in their own hands. Um, but given that this match is in Russia, it's a hundred percent likely Russia beats Mexico. Like it, it, it has to happen. Russia, Russia is not losing in the group stage, uh, or getting knocked out of the group stage on home soil. It's, it, it's not happening. They, if they can, if they can rig an election in the United States, I think they'll be doing okay. Great messages from one name, uh, technical producer Jackie, as well as McCall and Crime, Wes Bradshaw, who is still texting me as I pod, um, giving me the latest updates on what they're feeling. Um, in Group B, again, only one match has been played from each side. Uh, Chile with a 2-0 win over Cameroon. Um, two late goals, though. Uh, Arturo Vidal scored the winner in the 81st minute, and Eduardo Vargas added one in the 91st. Germany actually had its hands full with Australia. Um, they got off to a quick start. Lars Stindl with a goal in the just the fifth minute of play. And you thought Germany's going to cruise. But Tom Rogic equalized in the 41st minute for the Aussies. Uh, Julian Draxler took a penalty, though, just a few minutes later to give Germany back their 2-1 lead. And after the halftime break, Leon Gretzka scored to make it 3-1. Uh, Australia did pull one back uh, off the uh, the foot of Tommy Jurek, um, but Australia wasn't able to get that point against Germany. Now Australia will face Cameroon, desperately needing a win to stay in this, while Germany faces Chile in what is obviously one of the best matches we're going to get this term- tournament. Um, Germany-Chile, it's kind of interesting because if Australia does go out and beat Cameroon, which I, I is... Fairly likely, nothing against Cameroon, but I would think Australia wins that match. Um, a draw isn't great for either team because um, it does keep Australia within striking distance to knock one of them out. Um, Germany, you'd have to feel safe. Cameroon didn't look that great against Chile, so you think Germany having to play Cameroon in the last match means advantage to them, but you never know. So we could see a fairly open match between Germany and and Chile, and of course the last matches will also take place uh, by the time we next pod. And by that time, we'll also know, um, I believe, at least one gr- knockout stage result. Uh, the winner of Group A plays the runner-up of Group B. Um, so you know, it is you know for Group A, if you think Germany tops the group, it's very advantageous to go ahead and try and play them in the finals and the semifinals. So winning the group could be hugely important in Group A. Don't want to discount Chile, um, but it's very, very interesting how that could work out. 
So those will be next week, and the uh, the Confederations Cup will quickly come to an end. So that's it. Uh, the Gold Cup, of course, also taking place. It's an odd number year. So we have the, uh, the Gold Cup here. Uh, that will be taking place very shortly. July 7th is when it starts. Um, if I can pull up the schedule real quick, uh, it's going to kick off again July 7th with uh, French Guinea versus Canada and Honduras versus Costa Rica with those Group A matchups. A reminder, uh, United States is in Group B uh, with Panama, Martinique, and Nicaragua, which should be a fairly easy route to the knockout stage for the United States, um, especially when you think that the top two teams from each group and the two best third-place teams all advance. So basically, the United States would have to finish fourth not to advance um so we'll see if uh, the united states can rebound after their last uh poor gold cup when things just kind of fell apart for them so that is that is the premier match talk that is going to be going on um i will quickly run through some of these transfer or not these transfers these uh the premier league grades um obviously without west here i'm not going to talk as much because i'm going to have to do a lot of talking myself, um, but I will still give at least some of my thoughts here on the teams that finished 15th through 11th in the Premier League this season. Um, Swansea is first up. Uh, they finished uh, three places down from where they did in the previous season, uh, but only about six points back. Swansea, again, the 15th place finishers, finished with 41 points and a negative 25 Goal differential, of course, this was a team that went through a lot of turmoil this year, was definitely a relegation candidate for a lot of it. Um, Switched managers twice in this season. Rip in peace, Bob Bradley. Um, But, you know, they they didn't make a whole lot of buys coming in. Uh, They did pick up... um, if I look at, they did bring up uh, Alfie Mawson um, and, of course, uh, keeper Lucas Fabianski. So Fabianski was pretty good in a lot of these times. They also brought in uh, Kyle Naughton. Um, I think... Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. I'm so sorry. I'm looking at the wrong thing. I I totally apologize for that. That was completely 100% wrong. Um, they brought in... Yes, they did bring in Alfie Meissen and Jordan Ayew uh, from Aston Villa. Um, they also brought in Leroy Furr from QPR, Tom Carroll from Spurs. So they brought in a lot of players. The best one they brought in, though ended up being Fernando Lorente, um, who came in during the season from Sevilla. Um, Hugely impactful for this Swansea team. Scored a bunch of very important goals. Had helped take a little bit of the pressure off. Uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson scored 15 goals this season uh, and, you know, had one assist as well. Um, just a vitally important player for Swansea, um, someone that uh, they could run out there and, and really feel like they had a chance to score goals because there's not a lot of offense on this Swansea team outside of Gilfie Sigurdsson, uh, but a guy like Fernando Lorente coming in and really being that center forward that could score goals consistently was very big for Swansea this season and is a huge reason why they're staying up. Uh, of course, Paul Clement staying on board. Um, look like he is the right man for the job, guiding them to safety this season, and uh, we're gonna have to um, we're gonna have to see if um, 
if Swansea can pick it up. You know, this is a team that a couple years ago was kind of like they were almost Southampton before Southampton became Southampton. As they were becoming, quote-unquote, Southampton, Swansea was another, like, young, fun team that was really building from within and and was seen to be, quote-unquote, doing things the right way. Gary Monk was earning a lot of plaudits. And then everything just kind of fell apart. And and it really shows, I think, if, if you're not one of those big six clubs, how hard it can be to maintain from year to year in, in what is probably one of the toughest leagues in the world. Um, you know, even, you know, that's no guarantee for even like a team like Tottenham, who's been consistent these past couple of years and on an upward trajectory. There's no promise for them. And they have no offense, but a lot more resources than Swansea does. So they have to be so careful and so correct with each decision they make that even the littlest of things off uh, can send a team spiraling. I'm going to give them a C. And that's more because of how they started. Um, it, it's, you know, Wes did a half and half thing last week. I'll say this week, uh, if if up to the end of Bob Bradley's reign, I would say they would get an F. Um, after uh, Paul Clement came in, or come in um, after they got stabilized, um, I really think that they, they played really, really well. Um, I would give them a B for the rest of that. So it's not quite an average, but I think staying up, giving themselves another chance, um, getting some signings in, a C is the right grade there. Um, but it, it was dicey for a while, but they ended up pulling out some big results towards the end um, to make sure they stayed up. Um, in 14th place was Crystal Palace, um, another team that was kind of like Swansea, definitely a relegation candidate for a while. Uh, but then Sam Allardyce came in, and, uh, you know, again, stabilize things. Uh, Christian Benteke scored against Liverpool. And that's that's really about all he did. Um, Crystal Palace had the same amount of points as Swansea. Had a better goal differential, though. There's 12 wins. Um, but, you know, only six wins at home to 11 losses. That's, that's just not good enough. And especially for a place like Sellers Park, which is a great... Uh, place for a team to play great fans great atmosphere uh to to have that poor of a record home i think just kind of speaks volumes about the kind of season that they had um but credit to sam allardyce um as much fun as we like to make of him um he did a job at crystal palace now of course he's already left crystal palace again because that's how it works there, I suppose. Sorry, Rebecca. Um, but, you know, they brought in Ben Teke. They brought in Andrus Townsend. Uh, they even brought in Jeffrey Schlipp from Leicester. Um, they brought in Patrick Van Anholt. They brought in James Tompkins. Uh, they brought in Mamadou Sako, who, let's be clear here, Sako was almost worth it when they beat Arsenal. Um, that was huge. Um, they brought in Loic Remy on loan. They brought in Jonathan Ben Teke's brother, who's no longer now there. Um... Very, very interesting um, signings. Again, Benteke didn't do that much this season. Um, it looked like Allardyce got a little bit more out of him, but not too much. Um, I'm also giving Palace, I'm going to give them a C-. Because um, unlike Swansea, like they're, and Swansea has some talented players. Palace have a lot of talented players. Like, they should be better than this. This should be a team that's hovering around 10th place and shouldn't be in threat of relegation. And yet they were. 
Now, also going forward, you don't have Sam Allardyce again. You know, they this happened a couple years ago when uh, Tony Pulis was there, guided them to safety for half a season, talked to the board, wasn't happy with their plans for the for the transfer market, and then got out about two weeks before the next season started. This time they sped the process apparently because Allardyce wasn't that happy. Uh, it seemed like with what the board wanted to do, and so he left. So just very very odd stuff in Palace. I I really wish. You know, with as as fun as that team can be and as great as Silver Spark can be, I wish they were more stable. You know, kind of kind of like Watford. We would like to see some stability there too. But Palace, I don't know what's going on there. But I'm going to give them a C minus um, for that. Stoke. Um, this was a team that you know coming off three straight ninth place finishes in the Premier League takes a step back. Um, but they also had a very rough start. I mean, this was a team that I believe the second or third week of the season, Tottenham was beating 4-0. Um, it, they have an interesting team. Um, some days they looked nigh unbeatable. Some days they looked incredibly beatable, as they mentioned about the Tottenham match. Um, finished with 44 points, same as the defending champions. But just not a lot of, of things to talk about there for Mark Hughes' team. I mean, they, they had, like I said, they had some good matches. They had some eh, sort of all right matches. Um, just pulling up the, what they did over this past season to try and, and uh, bring their team up a little bit. If we go here um, very quickly. Um, they brought in Joe Allen. They brought in Saito Barajino, but he... Never really got going for them. Um, same for Wilfred Bonet, who just was very unhappy for the season. So they, they brought in some good talent, but none of it really panned out. And that's what happens. You know, you have guys like uh, Mark Arnazovic and Zerdan Shakiri who, who run very hot and cold. When they're hot, you know, Stoke is clicking and they're actually playing aggressive, great football. And when they're not, they suck. Um, Jeff Cameron also had a pretty good stint for them but was hurdles to a lot of the season. So Stoke has some pieces. I believe Mark Hughes is a good manager. They should be better. Um, For their mercurial nature, I'm giving them that dead even C. They could be better. They also could have been worse. Um, so, So they also pick up a C from myself. Now we get to 12th place. Leicester City. Um, For the second straight year, a title defense uh, ends with the manager who led the title charge getting fired. Uh, two years ago, it was Jose Mourinho getting let go in the middle of the season. This year, uh, Claudio Ranieri gets let go in the middle of the season. Um, it was always going to be tough. It was always going to be tough to repeat for Leicester because, as we saw kind of this year, Besides N'Golo Conte, who is actually fantastic, a lot of those guys just kind of had career years at the same time and then couldn't really follow it up. Um, Jamie Vardy was all right. Um, Riyad Mahrez was fine. Like, they, they weren't the world-beating game-changers that they were a season ago. And the defense... Was a lot more leaky, um, you know. 
there was obvious infighting within the team. The players no longer trusted the manager. Craig Shakespeare came in and and really helped solidify that team because they they were towards the bottom uh, when he got called when he got called in. I believe they were in 16th or 17th place, and he led them on. I believe an eight match uh, unbeaten run to start. Um, but they also made the knockout stage of the Champions League final. Got to the final eight. So it's it's weird. It's really, really weird the kind of season Leicester had. A really good Champions League season. A dreadful Premier League season, though. I, I'm tempted to give them a C+. And you might think, why aren't you giving them worse? As bad as they, they followed up their title campaign. I didn't really expect, and, and people are going to go back and check the tapes and be like, you picked Leicester to finish seventh this season. Um, that was more, I think, me just being a slave to the moment. I think if we realistically look back, it was going to be very hard for Leicester to repeat what they did. Um, really, their season overall should probably be a C or maybe even a C-. minus. But the fact that, A, they made a change when they needed to and it produced positive results, and B... Um, they they had a good run in the Champions League for a team that that's what they were playing for. I think them bumps them up a little bit. I'm gonna give them a C plus. Um, still very disappointed to come off their title winning season, but you can't take that away from them. And at the end of the day, we I, if we really look at it honestly, we shouldn't have expected absurd greatness again from Leicester. It just wasn't going to happen. So maybe we'll learn for next time. 11th place, uh, West Ham. Um, the butt of our jokes literally all season about London Stadium and Upton Park. Um, finishing down four places from last year when they had that run to seventh place. Um, got just bounced from the Europa League without even making the group stage. Lost Dimitri Payet because he just wasn't happy. Andy Carroll was hurt a lot of the season. Um, you look at them. Um as they came in, you know, seven wins at home when last year at Upton Park, they were much better than that. Home, of course, in quotation marks for this season. Um, and if we look at, you know, what West Ham kind of tried to do to build on this team that was in seventh place, and all of a sudden you're thinking, God, they're playing really attractive football. Are, are they going to be a team that, you know, you know, because if, if a couple of the results had gone their way last season, they might have almost been in the Champions League. Um, however, they weren't. And if we look at, uh, what they tried to do in the off season, you know, they brought in Andre AU, they brought in, uh, Robert Snodgrass during the season. Uh, they brought in Manuel Lanzini. They brought in Jose Font, um, mid season. And they just never did that much. Um, you know, losing Dimitri Payet was a huge blow. Not that Payet was playing all that great for them this season while he was there, um, I'm going to give them a D, um, plus D plus West Ham should have been better. They should have been a lot better this season. And the fact that they weren't, I know IU has also hurt a lot of the season. I know Snodgrass was a late season addition. They should have been better. And I, I know there's also the stadium, but you know, I go back to their Europa campaign. There was no excuse for them to not make the group stage. No excuse. 
for that to happen. Um, and they, they just they just weren't good enough. Even though they're playing on the road, they just weren't good enough this season. Um, honestly, I'm a little surprised Slavin Bilic is still in charge. Um, based on especially other guys that got the X this season. Um, I'm a little surprised he's there. I imagine he is one of those guys who will be going to 17-18 on a razor-thin margin. Um, but I, I expected more for West Ham this season. And I know, believe me, I'm going to hear it next year about Tottenham and playing at Wembley. I still expected more from West Ham. And I was I just was left... Because because it also wasn't just that they lost matches at home and that they, they just they didn't look like they were actually playing well, like even good, and I think there's a big difference there, and that's that's I think what was most disappointing about West Ham. But those are teams fifteenth through eleventh. Uh, when next we talk with Wes, uh, we'll be going into ten through seven. And then finishing up uh, with 6 through 1, 10 through 7 were West Brom, Bournemouth, up the cherries, Southampton, and Everton. Yes, Everton. Uh, and then we'll talk top 6 the following week. So now let's hit uh, the news as well as notes uh, coming in here. Uh, some transfer news to discuss uh, as, you know, it, it's, it looks solid enough that I feel like I can mention it. Um, Danny Alves, since it has been confirmed by Juventus that he is leaving, I feel like it's okay to say he's going to Man City. Um, because Juventus again have confirmed officially uh, that he is leaving the team. So Danny Alves is absolutely out of Juventus, leaving Italy. I th- think with all confidence he's going to Manchester City so the big question that comes with that is a you know Manchester City gobbling up all these players they got Ederson uh they got the other gentleman that I his name I can't think of at this moment they're getting Danny Alves they might be getting Alexis Sanchez those rumors have kept on going you know with Danny Alves coming in does this mean Kyle Walker isn't going to Man City which I'll think a lot of people thought until this Danny Alves came in um it will be interesting to see how Danny Alves plays in the Premier League. Uh, he is he is not a spring chicken. He is about, I believe, 34 or 35 years old. Um, and, and again, you know, City, one of their biggest problems last year was their defense and, and just not having a solid back line. Now, maybe Danny Alves can be a backline marshaller if his Vincent company is healthy. The two of them can kind of maybe take a guy like John Stones under their wing and really guide him and kind of mold him into that really, really great Premier League player that they thought they were paying for. Um, I don't know, though. I don't I don't know. I mean, obviously, Zlatan came in and had, a, at his age, a phenomenal season in the Premier League last year until it was cut short by injury. Can Danny Alves play a Full season in the Premier League. I, I, I almost wonder if, you know, he's he's going to have to be heavily rotated by Pep. You got to imagine he's going to be starting Champions League matches. Will he be starting a lot of Premier League matches? I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine him playing almost any cup matches until like the very end if they make a big run again. Um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I... I'm almost wondering if this is coming just a few years too late 
for Man City. Um, Danny Alves is very interesting. I will be very interested. If he is going to Man City, which it does look like he's going to, I will be very interested to see how he performs in the Premier League overall next season because it is is a tough league, and and he's not young, um, and and more than you know, I mean Zlatan, you know, being being sort of a forward, you know, he can he doesn't have to play the entire time at full speed. <laughs> no offense to Zlatan, who I love dearly, um, but he he can kind of stand around for some of the match, like just being that that center forward up top. Yes, he is great at dropping back to try and get possession and make more things happen. But a lot of times, especially for United this season, he could kind of just chill out up top for parts of it. Um, Alves probably won't be able to do that. Now, will he be starting right back? Will Pep be using him more like defensive mid? It's very interesting, Pep. But Pep is definitely trying to bring in a lot of talent, it looks like, this season. Um, But he brought in a guy like Ederson, who's super young. Daniel Alves, who's, sorry, but well, in terms of soccer, super old. Um, as far as other transfer news, from one that happened last year, uh, we mentioned a couple weeks ago Manchester United was being investigated by FIFA um, for the Paul Pogba transfer, along with Juventus, and uh, his uh, Paul Pogba's agent, Mariana Reynola. Um, United's fine. They, they apparently are not going to be charged anymore. They're, they're, the FIFA has concluded their investigation. They've been cleared of all wrongdoing. Um, Juventus, though, is is still being looked at. So, unfortunately for them, uh, there could be some sanctions coming in that one. But no more news on what those could be as of yet. Uh, I'm going to save this story. So, we're going to bring this down when next uh, Wes joins me here. Um, one more story on the docket. Uh Marco Verratti has reportedly told Paris Saint-Germain uh, that he has no intention of staying and is determined to push through a Barcelona transfer. This is according to app.footballitalia.net, football-italia.net. Um, he has threatened not to return to Paris for preseason training, uh, according to La Gazzetta dello Sport. Um, he really wants to go to Barcelona. Um, so that's cool. Um, gotta always love when people are like, no, 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 I want to go there. Um, PSG for their part are not having any of it and have publicly refused to sell him. Um, they're even going to offer him a big old new contract to stay with the team because they can do that because they got that oil money. Um, whether they are, I'm sure they are privately looking at options because, it doesn't seem like any amount of money looks like it's going to change Verratti's mind, but hey, both clubs are at, both parties here are acting incredibly petulant. So, cheers to that. Um, a bit of sad news, though, uh, coming from the world of soccer, um, and I'm gonna have to pull it up here now because. Um, this is what happens when you run a uh, a beta operating system. Everyone, you um, you um, get some weird things happen. Um, Tony DeSico, uh, former U.S. women's national team coach and former U.S. player, uh, passed away on Monday night. Um, 
He was the head coach of the women from 1994 to 1999, won the 99 Women's World Cup, as well as the 96 Olympics as the coach of that team. Uh, he is the winningest coach in U.S. history uh, with 105 wins and, if I can do the math really quick, 121 matches. Uh, he was part of the National Soccer Hall of Fame class of 2012. He played for uh, the New England Oceaners um, back in his playing days, and uh, unfortunately... Um, U.S. soccer lost one of the good ones this week. Um, so, unfortunately, Tony DiSico has passed away. <sighs> um, so that is is that, and that's going to kind of do it for our news and notes section this week. Um, yes, I also do know about uh, Donnarumma over in Italy and the craziness that's happening there. Um, hey... You know, don't let it get out that you're not going to still be at the club after this season. Fans don't usually like that. So anyway, on that note, uh, we are going to take a quick word from our sponsors. And when we come back, we will have The Watch 4 as well as LOL What on the Afford Fair podcast. Back in a mo. Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. And back here on the Foreign Affair Podcast presented by NGSCSports.com as well as I'm Next USA. I am Edward Green, not joined this week by McCollin Crime, Wes Bradshaw, but he will be returning in two weeks' time, so don't you worry. Fans, uh, he will also be on tape next week uh, with a great edition of So Raw for you guys. But first, the watch for what am I been watching in the week that was or the week that will be. Uh, I will tell you tonight, actually, I just started an anime and I should have probably been doing a long time ago. Um, One Punch Man. I have I've regaled um, this uh, this podcast about. Um, oh God, what is it called? What is it called? Oh God, I if I'm I'm totally blanking here. This is horrible. Um, oh God, this this is uh, anyway. The anime is One Punch Man. Uh, Mob, Mob Psycho 100. That was the one I was thinking of. Damn it. Anyway, um, One Punch Man is from the same creator as Mob Psycho 100. In fact, it was before Mob Psycho 100 actually came out. Um, it is about a hero that kills anything he punches with just one punch. And, and when you can defeat anything with just one punch, it kind of makes things super boring for you. Um, and can make your life kind of empty and meaningless. Uh, very interesting, very meta, very quirky and funny, just kind of like Mob Psycho 100 was. Um, so no surprises there, but very much enjoyed season, uh, episode one. So we'll be continuing that. Um, as far as anything else, I don't think there's anything else really need to discuss. Um, so that takes us from Watch 4 to So Raw quickly. Um, again, I was getting some of Wes Bradshaw's thoughts uh, as we um, have been going tonight. And... He, um, we'll just say this, didn't much care for this, uh, this past pay-per-view from SmackDown's Women in the Bank, uh, Women's Money in the Bank Challenge, um, that took place, um, as he said, he hated it, and, uh, and when he says, when I say he says hated it, I mean, he did the picture from, uh, In Living Color with, uh, 
Damon Wayans and David Allen Greer uh, mm-hmm. in very fanciful clothing saying, hated it. So anyway, he will, he will have a lot more thoughts next week on that, I'm sure. Um, so that because that's what's happening with So Raw, in my best Stone Cold Austin voice, we now go to Lil What? Um, so League of Legends, the NALCS is trucking on. And uh, this week, there is a fantastic match that will be played on Friday night. So, yeah, uh, get your Friday night plans now. Just clear them off and just watch this because uh, it's a battle of two first-place teams, two five-in-one teams, no less. Um, and those teams are Immortals and Counter Logic Gaming. And why is this match so big? It's not just because they're both five-in-one, both sitting at the top of the table. It is also because... In the offseason between the spring and summer, they traded junglers. That's right. Xsmithy went from CLG to Immortals, and Darnock went from Immortals to CLG. And now they've been reunited on opposite teams, and it's going to be fantastic. So no no love lost there. Um, but the winner of that will jump to the top of the table and will be 6-1 uh, on the season, just almost about the halfway point of summer split. Um some other big matches coming up this week. Of course, Phoenix won also on Friday night, trying to still get their first one of the season um, as they take on Echo Fox. Um, so look ahead. Uh, Immortals versus Dig, Team Dig and Toss. That is also a really big match. Both those teams uh, also, Team Dig and Toss also at 5-1. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see. Um, on That's on Saturday. On Sunday, Dig also plays Cloud9. Uh, while TSM plays Echo Fox, uh, and Team Liquid takes on Phoenix One. That could be Phoenix One's best chance, really, um, to get a win, unless even number week Echo Fox shows up and FlyQuest beats them on Friday night. Or, sorry, Phoenix One beats them on Friday night. Um, But a lot going on because these standings look like this. Uh, Again, CLG, Dig, and Immortals uh, all at 5-1. TSM at 4-2. Envy, Echo Fox, Cloud9 all at 3-3. Liquid and FlyQuest at 1-5. FlyQuest has just completely fallen off the map this season. And Phoenix 1 is 0-6. But looked better last week. That's important. So, uh, check that out again. That starts Friday night at 6 o'clock if you have no life and you just want to watch that. Yay! Happiness! Um... So with that, that is about going to do it here on the Foreign Affair Podcast this week. I uh, want to remind you guys, we are once again presented by NGC Sports and NGCSports.com. We never stop, even if this podcast is about to, uh, as well as I'm Next USA. Um, you can find them on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at AFAPod, at West Bradshaw 21 uh, is Wes's Twitter account, at Edward Green is my uh, you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our sister show and pr- progeny, I guess I'd call it, the All New Sports Show. You can also email us there, allnewsportsshow at gmail.com. As I said, next week, uh, I will once again probably be flying solo. I may try to see if we can pull in a guest um, so I don't have to lose my voice almost by the end of another podcast. Um, we will, of course, have plenty of news and notes for you guys. 
We'll be able to talk about uh, the wrapping up of the group stage of the Confederations Cup. Um, we'll have a lot of news and notes. Uh, won't be doing Premier League rankings next week, um, but I'm sure we'll have another edition of Watch For and Lol What. And uh, we will have that pre tape segment from Wes Bradshaw giving his thoughts in So Raw. Um, do want to thank all our podcast providers, including Podbean.com, the iTunes Music Store, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spreaker iHeartRadio and the TuneIn Radio app, and as well, this podcast, as always, is powered by Zencaster. So I'm just putting in one more quick message here and not going to get an answer. So for McCall and Crime, Wes Bradshaw, sorry he couldn't make it again tonight, uh, but he will be back via tape next week and live in two weeks. I am Edward Green. Thank you so much for joining us here on episode 163 of the Foreign Affair Podcast, back for 164 next week. And until then, stay safe. And enjoy the football. Even if it's in... Oh, hey. Um, nah, we're good. We're good. Even if it's in Russia. Hmm. Sit back and... It's good. Yeah, it's good. Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com, where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.